Welcome back to Dad's Meat World, our weekly, well, just about every week look at dads who are examining Boy Meets World, that show from the 90s that looks at the world through the eyes of young Corey Matthews. I am your host this week, dad number one, Brett, and spinning the uh, the knobs on the other end here with me is your dad number two, your pod daddy. I'm Tyler. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Radio terminology just doesn't work anymore. (laughs) No, I've never known any radio terminology besides call us now. (laughs) Yeah. Spinning the knobs and, and getting those tunes out there is just not the same. No. Yeah. You just use your finger and move around and eventually you'll get it. Yeah. So how are you doing this week, Tyler? We're recording on New Year's Day 2023. Hey, Happy New Year's. That's right. <laughs> it's and a Happy brand New Year's to year. you, the viewers, because this, or viewers, listeners, the good looking people, because this is the first episode of 2023. We had a very much unintentional uh uh, mix up last uh, week and so we had a different type of episode that came out and so this week we're finally back to listening uh going through uh, not listening wow uh brain <laughs> not working today uh so we are That's back right. at it's, it it's not working for uh, me either at the so next episode <laughs> we're gonna have a fun one and yes thank you for uh to tyler and sarah for hopping on the mic and uh putting out that extra credit episode it seems like our uh our good looking people listening enjoyed it as well had mm-hmm. a nice little bump in uh, listenership for that. So nice, yeah. Maybe that'll uh, yeah. give a little incentive to uh, to get a little extra started up for us down the road. Yeah, I mean it was fun. It was different. So it was a nice, you know, mix of pace and everything. And uh, I wish I would have taken better notes before that episode because I was sitting there, <laughs> I was like, "Wow, I am struggling." And luckily, my wife was like, "Yeah, I remember exactly what happened." So I was like, "Why don't you just be the host then?" <laughs> it was very. It was certainly a very aggressive episode. It was. That's the whole thing. We were just like, yeah, this thing, this movie is aggressive. <laughs> Everyone was very aggressive in it. <laughs> yes. It could just be us, yeah, like, you know, reflecting on it. But yeah, it was a fun time. So I wish you could have been there, Brett. Yes. Who knows? Maybe we'll do another uh, another rewatch. We'll uh, we'll find someone and uh, we'll do like a. Well, not find someone, but we'll find a copy or someone with a copy. That's what I wanted to say. Yes, brain yeah. brain's not working for me either. <laughs> it's gonna be a fun episode. Yes, uh, as as mentioned in the uh, in my drop in um, last week's episode, uh, I am still going through the cleanup of uh, our basement, my uh, office. Um, I think I'm through category or cataloging everything for the insurance company, uh, but we're still in the early stages. And well, that takes a lot out of you if you've never had to do it. And if you never had to, hopefully you never have to. It's it's a pain, and uh, yeah, it's a long process. <laughs> the uh, company that's going to be doing our repair work is hoping that they'll be able to get in this week and get started. So we'll see. That'd be nice. That would be so. Uh- Outside of that whole excursion, how was your Christmas? 
outside of that, because that happened the day after Christmas. Up until that mm-hmm. point, Christmas was good. It was very quiet. The family had a nice, quiet Christmas here at home. We, uh, it was just us. Uh, we, we didn't do anything with extended family or with my parents or anyone. We just kind of did us and the kids here at home. Really enjoyed that. We got to introduce the older two to uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Very nice, very nice. And uh, they enjoyed that immensely um our our daughter very much uh dislikes just about every character in the movie except for the oldest aunt with dementia who uh oh, is your house on fire clark <laughs> yes yes and uh don't yeah. throw me down clark <laughs> Yep. And, uh, but yeah, we had a very, very quiet, very enjoyable Christmas. How was your Christmas, Tyler? It was good. I just have to say first, though, um, I can't watch that movie without quoting it throughout the whole thing. And normally <laughs> when my wife and I sit down to watch it together, like she'll kind of giggle a little bit, like at the beginning part of it. But then after a while, she's just like looking at me like, seriously, you're going to keep doing this all the time? Like, I can't help it. <laughs> It is very quotable. They they were mm-hmm. very surprised to find out that uh, young Rusty Griswold was played by Johnny Galecki of yep. The Big Bang Theory because the older two and and the younger one to an extent have uh, have watched a fair amount of Big Bang Theory. Yeah. Um. Well, I on the DVD there's a commentary. It was like later on that they didn't do it like right off the bat, like after Johnny was already an adult, and he talks openly about how Chevy Chase like really taught him how to be an actual actor mm-hmm. of like what to do, how to get lines down right, you know. And he even said to be like, "Hey, why don't you say this line at this time, you know?" And um, like in that in the commentary, he credits him of like he really helped me understand how to be funny on screen (laughs) so um yeah no we had a really good christmas unfortunately there was a little sickness uh, on christmas eve so that wasn't enjoyable but everyone was healthy on christmas day but uh i will say something i've been holding off on talking about because uh clearly i want to talk to you about this and let the the good looking people hear about this and last week my wife had already heard this, you know, little rambling I did before, so she clearly wasn't going to care um, <laughs> about me talking about this. But uh, I watched It's a Wonderful Life fully um, this year, finally. I've always watched little snippets of it, you know. I've always, mostly the ending I've always seen. Um, but I finally watched, like, the whole thing all the way through. I watched it in color at first, but then... Um, I found it in black and white, so then I watched it in black and white. So I went from <laughs> never seeing the whole movie to watching it twice this uh, Christmas season. Mm-hmm. And I, I gotta say, um, I don't know if it's because I'm a dad, but this movie has become one of my favorites. Hmm. Like, just the moment of, like, when they get to finally, like, that Christmas Eve day, and he's so excited, he's so happy, he's so proud of his brother, and then they have one big thing happen, and everything kind of clumps together, you know? Mm-hmm. And then he finally gets home, and his children are so excited and so happy, and he's just coming in being this buzzkill, and, you know, the way he's holding his child at one point, you know, just like... 
this almost fear in his eye of I might not ever get to hold him again. And then, you know, when he goes over to his, I'm assuming his kind of little area, that's like his area. We don't touch dad stuff, you know, and he just destroys that whole section. I was like, Oh, I've been there. Like not Mm -hmm. to the point of what he did, but like, I was like, I've, no, I've come close to those, you know, losing my temper and, you know, the amount of times I've, uh, you know, come close to like losing my temper and all of a sudden I look at my son's face and I see fear in his eyes. I then snap back and I go, no, 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 everything's fine. Daddy's just, daddy's not having a good day. Mm-hmm. And so it's just, you know, it breaks my heart in that moment. But I'm like, yeah, this is a real dad moment. And I can understand if some people will look at that and go, well, that's just horrible. And how can you be okay with that? It's not okay with it. It's just the fact that you're seeing an embodiment of what sometimes it is like as a dad of feeling like all of the weight of your family and and sometimes even your community are on your shoulders and you're just Mm -hmm. letting them down and not having a way of processing it besides just destroying something it's not good it's not great but it's just it is what it is yeah exactly so yeah i thought you would uh understand slash uh i i I figured you'd have those little nodding (laughs) of you know mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yep some (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) i I have had times like that yes (laughs) like the 26th Oh, oh yes, yeah. <laughs> we won't go there. <laughs> I know we won't go there, but I, yeah, I just I thought about that. I was like, this is now gonna be in my, I wouldn't say top five because I have way too many Christmas movies, but you know, it's gonna be one of those movies I watch now because I think I need to. Mm-hmm. Well, there you oh, go. Christmas time though. <laughs> so right. yeah. So speaking of a wonderful. Uh, Life. Let's go with It's a Wonderful Night. Yes, shall we? <laughs> what a segue. Well, we're going to look at the 18th episode of season one this week. It's a Wonderful Night. Where in- hey, Boy Meets World can vote finally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Amy and Alan go out and hire a babysitter who cancels on them. So Feeney subs in. Eric takes his driving test and fails, but still decides to take his dad's car for his date. Corey tries to sneak an R-rated movie into the house. That's a lot going on for one episode. Mm -hmm. This was written by Susan Estelle Jansen, directed by David Trainer. originally aired on March 11th, 1994, and currently enjoys a 7.7 IMDb rating. Let's dive right in. <laughs> yeah. Before we do, though, um, just real quick, maybe I'm crazy, but in season four, doesn't Alan make a big deal about the fact that Corey should know that he's supposed to go and get his driver's license with him because that's what he and Eric did? I vaguely remember that. We'll touch more on in season four. <laughs> uh, and uh, I think we should circle back around. Let's put a pin in that and circle back around to that at the end of the episode. I think I got an answer for that. <laughs> Sounds good. All right. So we open in the cafeteria. 
Corey and Sean are planning their Friday evening where there will be no parents because Alan and Amy are going on a date. We already said no Eric. He's got a date. Seems like everyone has a date. No babysitter. She'll be popping in zits in the bathroom. And Sean is going to up their game and he's using a Barney jacket on a mm-hmm. VHS to mask a slasher film. Yes. Yeah. Part six. Tame- <laughs> Stumpy's, Stumpy's Revenge. Revenge. Part six. Yes. Kind of tame by today's standards, but this would have been a big scam for sixth graders back in 1994. We didn't have the internet where you could download stuff and stream stuff at whim. Right. Uh, well, I would say this would be a custom to one of them figuring out their parents' password and them waiting for this moment where they're not going to be anywhere near their phone because they're going to be focused on their date, so they're not going to touch their phone, so they're not going to pay attention to the fact that they're going to go buy a movie or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yep. technically, you know, a lot of places still have DVDs or Blu-rays, so someone could use a more oh, kid-friendly... Yes. In theory, it, so. it still could happen, yes. Yeah. I thought Stumpy died in part five. Well, that's why he wants revenge. <laughs> yeah, slashers are kind of loose with the story if you're not familiar with them. <laughs> yeah, I got more about slashers later, don't you worry. <laughs> so yeah, kind of a brief cold open, but uh, or teaser, whichever one you want to go with there. But Mm -hmm. uh, so we go right back into act one after everyone's favorite opening credit sequence. And uh, we'll go right into a quote where Corey and Eric are setting up the whole episode. Ooh, Barney does the ABCs. (laughs) You know, I don't want to ruin the ending for you, Cor, but uh, Z. You totally underestimate me. Open it. (laughs) Stumpy's Revenge. Not bad for a baby scam. This is not a baby scam. This is a totally major scam. Stumpy's Revenge is rated R for violence. Uh, Maybe a little nudity? Yeah, but we can fast forward over that. (laughs) All right, you're right. It's a major scam. But hey, if you're going to do the crime, be sure you're ready to do the time. What do you mean? Why do you think mom and dad are letting me go get my driver's license with Jason and his brother instead of with them? Because they hope you'll get lost and never come back? (laughs) No, because they trust me. See, I've spent my whole life putting deposits in the trust bank, and today, I'm cashing in. What trust bank? You get busted all the time. No, no, no. Just a few carefully selected times. Enough so mom and dad think they're doing their job. (laughs) See, they know if something major happens, I'll come to them. Wow, I never thought I'd say this, but I could learn from you. Okay, there's two things in this opening sequence that I want to... One, just one two? Of just, well, <laughs> initially. The first is this trust bank, because it's uh-huh. a very interesting analogy. And to an extent, it could work if you've uh-huh. got morons for parents. Okay, maybe not morons. I'm, I'm, but Gullible? Yeah, gullible is probably a much better word. But to an extent, it would it would work. I can see how it would work from a 16-year-old's perspective because to Eric's perspective, he thinks that he's allowing Alan and Amy to catch him. Mm-hmm. And we can look back over 17 episodes and, and point out where he's been caught in what he would perceive to be minor infractions. And his basic understanding of economics would allow for this bank analogy to work. 
So I find it interesting. But the big gorilla elephant in the room that I also find incredibly intriguing, I don't know anywhere in Ohio or Pennsylvania in 1993 that would have allowed him to take his his test without a legal guardian. Yeah, that's a great question. <laughs> I, I grew up in Ohio. I had to have a parent or legal guardian with me to take my test. <laughs> and I mean... Granted, you got your license far later than 93, but I had a lot of friends Mm -hmm. who grew up in PA around 93 that did not take their test without their parent or legal guardian. Right. Now, I'm assuming that one of Jason's brothers was over 18, so they're claiming in this situation, oh, there was an adult there, but would the state of Pennsylvania really allow Eric to get his his license without a legal guardian there? <laughs> I mean, this sounds like a thing that it would be good for a deep dive, and clearly I dropped the ball because I just wasn't thinking slash paying attention. Because <laughs> the way I did my test was our school had a program where if you do like five uh, drive-alongs with a instructor on the last one, as long as you've done good so far, they will, you'll basically do the test twice like they'll you run through it once and then you do it again and then they'll go okay congratulations you have your license now Mm -hmm. like that's it my wife did have to do it where she had to go to the dmv where they then did the test there yada yada and she had a guy who was not very nice and was a jerk and you know failed her when she she shouldn't have most often so i struggle to Imagine a world where in Pennsylvania, or as you say, Ohio, where you don't need a a legal guardian. I remember when I did my permit test, I'm pretty sure my father had to sign saying, I am his legal guardian. I give consent for him to take this test. Mm -hmm. And clearly, this is not just for a learner's permit. If he's going to be able to drive without a parent in the car later in the night. Right. I'm calling, I'm, I'm calling what's, what's the word I want to use here? Um, Logan, <laughs> I'm calling hijinks on the writers. <laughs> There's another word I want to use, but I can't remember what it is. It's not a bad word. It's just a word specifically for this instance. That's a bold-faced lie, Mr. Feeney. Yes, sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway... Yeah, so, <laughs> say, just real quick, back to this whole conversation between the two of them of, oh, that's a nice baby scam. Like, mm-hmm. it often feels like he's trying to put down his brother for anything and everything he's doing. Like, Corey's trying to show him, like, hey, look at this thing we're doing. Mm-hmm. He's like, hmm, that's cute. Yeah, it's a very backhanded compliment. Yeah. Yeah, like, Corey's clearly reaching out to to show hey look you know we, we, i'm proud of this i want you to to be proud of me here it's amazing how these two kind of remain friends as they continue onward mm-hmm. i just think these writers have really understood how brothers operated yes well cory and uh sean or cory and sean cory and eric uh continue their conversation from where we dropped and uh you know and maybe can fit into this master plan of yours. After you get your license, we can drive downtown and check out that new baseball card shop over on 3rd Street. Excellent! Yes! And then we can go to the drive-thru and, and pick up a bucket of hot wings for me and Sean to eat with the movie. Oh, 
license so I can bring my little brother to all the places he's ever wanted to go to. Uh, unless Jason and I have a date with two totally major babes. Oh, wait, we do. But here's a lovely parting gift. And since podcasting is a very much audio medium for us at this moment and not visual, yes, Eric just smacked Corey in the face with a pillow and knocked him off the bed onto the floor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's things like this, these moments of, again, Eric just kind of talking down to him that really makes me go, why does Corey keep trying? <laughs> yeah, well, like I not to put too much of my personal life into this whole thing and in, in my reflection, but like as a younger brother, I desperately wanted my brother to think that I was cool and I could do things that he did. And eventually I just stopped trying to tell him these things because regardless of what things I was trying to get away with, it was nothing compared to what he was getting away with. And there was just no point, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I was the older brother. I have two younger brothers. So I, I, I was more so in Eric's shoes, so I can't really speak to that. But yeah, I can imagine that at some point Corey would have to stop. But, you know... We're only 18 episodes in, so maybe yeah, he hasn't. It's, it's a sitcom. They have to keep talking to each other because you can't have a show where two brothers don't talk to each other. Yada, yeah. yada. And Corey's <laughs> not exactly Minkus level smart. No. <laughs> Ooh, just click with me. There's no Minkus this episode. <gasps> no wonder I like this episode. <laughs> Uh, so we transition and Corey's on the couch doing homework, mm-hmm. trying to put a deposit in his own trust bank. And of course, uh, Amy is eh, wondering if something's up. Uh huh. Yeah, there's no trust immediately. <laughs> yes, he's already taken some money out of the trust bank by doing homework, so obviously. Uh-huh. It, it's like when you, <laughs> I don't know if you ever did this as a kid, but like, you know, if I was doing the dishes or something like that before my parents got home, or like I had some areas like really cleaned up, and my mom would come home and be like, What do you want? I'm like, what? What do you want? I'm like, nothing. The house was just a mess, so I wanted to clean it. <laughs> no, you want something. Like, I, I, I don't know what you want from me. I don't want anything. <laughs> Uh, but uh, so since uh, Alan and Amy are going to go out and Amy is uh, we're reminded again that it's Amy is a real estate, all mm-hmm. the real estate biggies in uh, Pennsylvania, all of Pennsylvania are going to be where they're headed. This is a yeah, big event. Uh, this big giant thing of, you know, all the big real estate agents in Pennsylvania coming together. I'm not saying that writers in California don't know anything about Pennsylvania, but Pennsylvania's a really big state. Yeah, I was expecting like eastern half or region. Right. It's, it's one thing to say like the Philadelphia area slash all of the eastern section, like mm-hmm. like say like from Philly to Harrisburg. Like like state college, like somewhere mm-hmm. in that, like that half, like that makes sense to me. Like, I know of people who live in Pittsburgh who have literally never been to Philadelphia. (laughs) And someone from uh, a real estate agent from Altoona. 
going uh-huh. out to Philly for a one evening dinner uh-huh. mixer for three hours. Yeah, yeah. I'm calling. I'm I'm calling. Uh, uh, I'm calling chicanery or whatever word we're using on the writers again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> bull but, sticky, mama. <laughs> bull, bull, whatever. Bullpucky. Uh, we gotta get it. We need a word. <laughs> I was just real quick. I was just thinking about uh, how lose guy in ten days, mm-hmm. like for the edited TV show, like when they're playing um, BS in the backyard, they just kept saying like bull stinky or bull something, you know, like mm. they kept editing it in a way or just you know, just need bull, a, you know. We need a <laughs> word that Morgan would use. <sighs> Stumpy would use for this episode. Anyway. All right, college girl. <laughs> Here comes your head. Either yeah, way, uh, uh, Alan yeah. is not fancy enough. Yeah. Alan is not ready for this thing. No. Personally, I think Alan looked fine. I, I, I think too. he looked great. I feel for him. I think he looks good enough. But he has a great question. How dressed up do you have to be to be bored to death? But in fairness, though, if it's one of those type of events where a certain style is required, I get it. Yeah. I mean, if all of the real estate agents in all of Pennsylvania. Now, is this just her company or is this all companies? I wonder. (laughs) I mean, that's a great question. (laughs) Because <laughs> if there is a monopolized uh, real estate company in Pennsylvania that I'm not aware of, you know, and all of the big agents are coming together, getting some sort of reward. But either way, it's probably Amy becomes tie. an art dealer next de- season anyway. So, like, apparently she wasn't that good at real estate. Yeah, she must have lost out on her reward here, and that sent her in a spiral. Must be. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, Alan is uh, trying to get out of it, so he uh, wants to stay home with Corey. Corey's very suspicious with his quick no mm-hmm. when Alan wants to uh, to stay home with him. And uh, Oh, come on, son. How does a night of bonding with your dear old dad sound? Pretty good, huh? Great. Yeah, it sounds great. So I'll meet you halfway. You go with mom, and I'll miss the heck out of you. <laughs> I, I do like how Corey tries to sell that, and I'll miss the heck out of you. <laughs> it goes against his plan. It does. The plan is oh. my parents. Yep. So we get all that out of the way. And then we get Eric and his best friend, Jason, coming in the door. Oh, I am so proud to be the best friend of the first guy in history to fail his driver's test before it started. (laughs) The DMV guy waved me forward. I mean, I pulled up like two inches. That was not the DMV guy. That was the father of the kid ahead of you. (laughs) How am I supposed to know that? I mean, I'm at the DMV. I assume the guy waving me forward is the DMV guy. Eric, DMV guys are cops, okay? They don't usually wave you forward with a can of beer. (laughs) Hello? Oh, hey, Tracy. Uh, Yeah, there's some bad news. Um, I went to... Tracy, how you doing? (laughs) Bad news. Oh, uh, the uh, cash machine only gave us 200 bucks for tonight's date. (laughs) Oh, you, uh, you bought a new dress. Oh, you hope it's not too short. Sweetheart, life can be too short. (laughs) But dresses, no. (laughs) I'll pick you up tonight at 8. What are you saying to her? We cannot pick them up until I take the driving test again in two weeks. Okay, that's just logic. 
that's getting in our way. Oh, Jason. Uh, now, when I took my driving test in 1998, if you failed, it was only one week to retake. Yeah, I wonder why they're saying it's two. I mean, in 93, maybe it was two weeks, but... Now, granted, that's five years later, and it's a different state. But, and I did have to wait a week because when I took my test in Ohio... Um, I know it's different in Ohio from other states. We didn't have a parallel parking portion. We had what's called maneuverability, where you have to drive through cones that are set up forward, and then you have to drive back. You have to back out of them in a different direction, simulating parallel parking. Well, they were set up so that when I, I got through them, you know, aced my road portion, got through the written test just fine, pulled through forward just fine. But when I went to reverse, I took it at like nine o'clock in the morning. And when I went to reverse, I was backing up into those rising sun and I couldn't see anything behind me with mirrors or turning my head. <laughs> and at this part of the test, no matter how well you've done on any other portion of it, if you hit one of these cones, it's you you have run over someone and killed them and you fail the whole test. <laughs> so I had to wait a week. <laughs> so, Tyler, uh, I, uh, I know your test was a little different, but how did uh, you do with testing for your license? Oh, my driver's license was super easy we didn't have to do the parallel parking although i believe now you you have no choice um you have to do it but i will say that i drive school bus and so in order to get a school bus license you have to be able to parallel park a school bus so parallel parking a car Super easy. I can imagine that parallel parking that school bus is much more difficult for your CDL. Yes, a lot more difficult. Actually, no. Uh, Actually, was not that bad. But uh, I messed up my registration for my, like, reapplying for my school bus license. And so I messed up my license. And... Instead of the state having a system where you go, oh, you just messed it up. We have it on file that you've had the last four years. We can't reinstate you, blah, 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 blah. No. The moment I messed up my license, I then had to redo everything. (laughs) So my company had to do the in-course again training on the road again and then i had to go to permit and also my license mm-hmm. so fun fun yeah. fun mm-hmm. so much fun i i had so much fun i don't want to talk about it uh, well let's talk about jason and how he's pushing this whole situation and eric here and his morality is just way too flexible for me yeah, you know, um, just for the viewers out there, the good-looking people, anyone that is uh, underage, understand that uh, if you have a friend that's pushing you to do something that you know morally you should not do, that is not a good friend. No, not at all. If your friend is trying to get you to do something that you is know is illegal and you know is gonna not end well for anyone 
that's not a good friend and you should tell yeah. them no. <laughs> because yeah. even if there's two hot babes on the line, they're not worth it. <laughs> mm-hmm. I do like that saying, that's just logic getting in your way. Okay, that's just logic. That's getting in our way. And then Amy comes down the stairs and Jason really gets... be a mom too pretty to be in real estate jason's really weird this episode <laughs> yeah I, I mean i know that I, I don't know for sure but i know that it's just a running bit for jason that you know mm-hmm. he kind of hits a little bit on uh amy and i know yeah. i've met plenty of people that have like crushes on a friend's mom or whatever so they make really weird uncomfortable yeah, comments and it's it's a it's a i don't want to say a common occurrence but it's a thing in the real world why are you sucking up to my mom hey have you seen my mom alan comes in and of course jason tries to suck up to him and we get what i think is a really fun really veiled not so veiled, but really fun short joke at Jason's expense. Someday I hope I can be half the man you are. Mm-hmm. All right, now you are. <laughs> uh, yep. Al- Alan sees right through Jason's game. He knows Jason would never get anything past Alan. No. Which is also why I'm amazed that they allowed... Jason to be part of him going to and getting his license. Yeah, that one kind of... I I wonder about that. But again, TV show needs a plot to move forward. And Alan... I know. And that's... Okay, can I just say, this probably my biggest complaint about this episode is episode needs a plot. Mm Mm-hmm. Because, like, nowhere in the parenting style of these two people have we seen that when it comes to something really important like this, that they just be like, oh, yeah, sure, go with your friend. Yeah, let's let your friend, who clearly has some problems, go with you. Yeah. And who is maybe let's let's make a case for Alan here. Maybe his older brother actually is trustworthy. Maybe. Maybe. You know, but the other thing, too, is it could be one of those deals where they're like, well, we can take you this weekend. That's the earliest that we can go. It's like, well, what if, you know, these guys take me and they're just like, huh? Mm-hmm. If you're so desperate to go, you can go. And honestly, goodness, this could be like Friday. So, like, I have to get it today. Like, well, if you just wait one day, then mm-hmm. we'll get it then. Yep. So there we justified it. Oh, yeah. Alan and Amy give uh, the keys over. Well, Alan gives the keys over to Eric in a very questionable decision. And Mm -hmm. uh, Eric and uh, (laughs) Jason move into the kitchen where it doesn't take much to convince Eric that uh, Jason's plan is is worth uh, running with. He, He makes a big deal about you're letting me take your car. Well, if he was going to drive, what vehicle was he planning on driving? I'm assuming Amy has a car as well, and that that Eric was going to drive Amy's. Here's my, the, the only reason I bring this question up of like, does Eric have a beater car that's like already his? That's just him waiting for his license to be able to drive? Possibly, because the, I mean, there are jokes later on in later seasons where he's got the beater, but it could also be that at this point, Amy has the minivan. Well, could be, could be, could be. His dad has more of a 
not the fancy sporty car yeah. but just something a little bit more fun yeah amy probably has the minivan or the station wagon at this point and alan has the coupe and yeah you know he could have a car with like a sunroof yes something fun that makes sense. I will say, I learned in a minivan, so I fully understand why people would not want to take a minivan places. That's what I took my driving test in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you mean when you murdered that cone? When I killed that person, yes. I ran them over. <laughs> yeah, that's what I learned to drive in. So, real quick, we're about to get to this next part where Judy calls. This is the second time where Judy's supposed to be babysitting, and she bails at the last minute. I'm sorry, but you fire that babysitter if that's the case. Mm. Like After the first time she bailed, and I'm assuming if this is her, if she's known to the boys as being the Antifini, as ha- having, how to put this delicately... As having her skin issues dictate her life decisions, uh-huh. I wouldn't have given her an opportunity after the first time. Yeah. So, like, I mean, I'll say uh, for us, like, we had some slight issues this summer with our one babysitter who we've had for a long time, but just she was getting ready for college and some stuff was coming up and she, like just wouldn't show up on certain days and we mm-hmm. just kind of be like we need to make different plans because we can't it's too late to get another babysitter to come on a daily basis and we can't keep doing this so mm-hmm. and again i have nothing but respect and love for this girl and i would gladly have her babysit again but you know yeah just need to be maybe able not to in the same context yeah that's it yeah so judy calls and cancels no more babysitter Eric needs a backup. (laughs) Can I just say, if Eric does the right thing and say, great, I have an excuse. I can't go on the date now. I'll just suck it up and I'll, I'm going to bail on this date. I can watch my brother. He can watch his scary movie. Heck, I may even just join him, you know, Mm -hmm. like. (sighs) He could have earned some real points with Corey and Sean. Oh. And mom and dad of, hey, you know, I had this date, but she bailed at the last minute, and I knew it was more important for me to be here with these two. Mm-hmm. And a chance to fess up about not actually passing the test. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. And then later on, you say, well, you know, also, I I didn't feel right taking your car because I didn't pass the test, and I knew it was not right for me to leave this house with that car. Mm-hmm. But episode gotta have a plot. <laughs> Alas, we get to our next clip. Mr. Feeney. Hello, Eric. I was wondering if you could help me out with a problem I've got. Always happy to assist a former student. (laughs) See, our babysitter canceled, so... Judy Horn? Yeah, some kind of a skin crisis. I (laughs) I don't even want to think about what a crisis for her would be. Her whole head would have to pop. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, I'm going to a classical music concert with a friend and... You? Classical music, Mm. Beethoven or Prokofiev? Uh, Beethoven. Symphony or concerto? Uh, symphony. Blonde or brunette? Blondes. Brahms. So the real situation is that you have a date, but you can't go until you find a replacement babysitter. Within the next 10 minutes. Oh, well, you have quite a time crunch, don't you? (laughs) Name your price. Manual labor, spreading manure in my yard for the next four Sundays. 
Two Sundays. Five. Done. You are worth every bit of that C grade I gave you in math. <laughs> in my notes, I just say, oh, what did I say here? I just scrolled up past it. Feeny is smart, sly, and crafty, and Eric is dumb. Yeah. I'm, yeah. But again, he still has street smarts. Yep. Feeny. And so we we move on into the next act in the Which math. I, I have to say, I cannot believe that Eric has not learned that the best way for him to avoid situation like that is to leave before his parents leave. Mm-hmm. Because that's something, again, my older brother learned. I never learned that trick, but also I had a driver's license a lot later in life than he did. So, <laughs> Yes, if he would have just left before they did, he wouldn't have been there to take the call. Yep. <laughs> so we are in the Matthews living room. Mr. Feeney is not happy that Morgan at, at Morgan's tea party. And I, it's one of my all time favorite interactions between Feeney and one of the Matthews just mm -hmm. for comedy's sake. So I clipped it. Now that's not going to work. We had an agreement. I was to get dressed up and come to your tea party. And then you were to leave me in complete peace so that I could grade my papers. Now, I have upheld my part of the bargain. I have festooned myself <laughs> in costume jewelry. I have swilled your faux tea. Now, I insist that you keep your end of the bargain. <laughs> oh, all right, all right, give me the hat. Yeah, that's definitely a little sibling, youngest baby of the family thing. Oh, yes. And and when her her treats are done. Oh, well, I rush on winged feet. <laughs> His dry, sarcastic humor with Morgan. I, I don't know why. I just love it. I wish we could have had more with Morgan and Feeney because I, I mm -hmm. really did like this little pairing. It's adorable. Oh, yeah. He'll, he is willing to give it to her, but not enough to, uh, to truly make her sad. So he'll pull back, but mm -hmm. she's willing to give it right back to him and go and push that button of, of, she knows if she'll cry that he'll crack. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, it's like he lives in such a reality of, of knowledge and reason and expectations and little children do not. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. And here we get into Feeney having a cross back and forth in front of Corey and Sean. And this, even with TV... Episode's got a, got a plot, Brett. Episode yeah, has I know, a plot. I know. I know. Even, <laughs> even with TV reality, TV magic, it still breaks a bit for me. Because this, we have seen already in episodes this season that this living room is not that large of a space that no. we have seen characters communicate across this room without having to yell. Yeah. So I have a hard time buying that Corey and Sean are as comfortable as they are sitting right there with Feeney literally right next to them mm -hmm. or behind them at the desk if he would be there grading papers while they're watching Stumpy's Revenge. 
Uh-huh. <laughs> well, and that's the thing is like, it, 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 there's just no way that mm-hmm. they couldn't have taken the VCR itself or a tape to another TV because there's a there's one in their bedroom. All they would have had to do Sean was played, move. Sean played Pong in the episode before this, and yeah. He needed a TV for that one. Handheld yep. Pong wasn't a thing in 1993 as far as I knew. Right. So there's no way that they could not have gone anywhere else. Like, they could have gone to his parents' bedroom, potentially, mm-hmm. or at a minimum to his own bedroom and just done it yeah. before Feeney came over. Yeah, I mean, between Pong and Duck Hunt in the premiere episode, there's a TV in the boys' room. Yeah. So anyway... It's just it's it's one of those things that it's because TV because there's no way you would ever the, these two have as characters at this point we've seen them have enough respect for Feeney to not do this right in front of his face yeah now would they do this with him in another room close by oh, yes mm-hmm. but not right in front of his face to get caught mm-hmm. yeah all right college girl in the shower. <laughs> That's a tough one, Cor. Stumpy's a pretty complex guy. It's 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 really I, I do I do find it quite funny that they're trying to switch back and forth between this and the caribou documentary. Mm-hmm. And of course that they're grossed out by the birthing. <laughs> yeah. They're more, more grossed out by nature than someone uh, dying in a movie. Yeah. Well I mean a little desensitized to violence, maybe. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> to your head. No, Stumpy. Not the crossbow. No! Ooh, she blowed up real good. I I do have to give a shout out to the uh, Foley work on this episode because it's just the images they paint with just the sound effects are fantastic. Mm-hmm. Not fantastic in that you want your kids to see them, but fantastic in that they did a really good job. <laughs> oh. Sorry. Um, I was I just looked up super quick Terminator 2 because I was like, there's no way that this came out after the fact. Because, like, T2 is such a nice-looking movie. It has to be, like, midway through the 90s. And, nope, 91. Holy crap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Terminator's older than me. Where T2 is. <laughs> so Corey and Sean make a comment about Eric being the king of having fun or something similar to that. And yeah. we transition to find out that Eric has gotten Alan's cars impound- car impounded. <laughs> oh. We transition away. We come back for the final act. And at the impound lot, we get to meet Tony with a Y. Played by... Oh. Sorry, I just love that line super quick. Please give me back my daddy's car. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Not so cool anymore, are you, Eric? But we meet Tony no. with a Y, played by Donald Gibb. He actually had a roster spot with the San Diego Chargers before becoming an actor. Nice. 
He has 98 acting credits to his name, ranging from 1980 through 2011, including Revenge of the Nerds, Knight Rider, Knight Court, uh, MacGyver, where he played Herman the German, Quantum oh. Leap, Cheers, Hanging with Mr. Cooper, Step by Step, as both Slasher and Moose, two different characters. That's mm-hmm. where I know him the most from, and others. He wasn't saved by the belt, was he? I don't remember seeing it, but that doesn't mean I uh, that he wasn't. It was, I mean, 98 acting credits. I'm bound to have missed a couple. <laughs> well, I just, I'm sure it's not him. Good. I just keep thinking of the guy who plays the RA and uh, oh, difficult. Oh no, that's that's. I don't think that's him in the college years one. No, that's fine. No. I, yeah, I know you're. I know who you're referring. <laughs> I don't think that's him. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, but these are the two same girls that uh, made fun of him for being a lobster. They are exactly. We said they'd be back, and they are. Apparently, getting a license is enough, and two hundred dollars for the date are enough for them to get a date with Lobster Boy. Yeah, I could have sworn that uh, Eric made a comment about how they're vain and how you know he doesn't want to be around girls like them. So. Yeah, Eric doesn't seem to be all about forward growth, momentum, and upward growth. <laughs> so I kissed a neck. Yeah. Oh, so sucked any- a neck. I'm sorry. <laughs> anyway, uh, all Eric and Jason need to do is show proof of ownership because apparently Eric managed to park in a no parking zone and got the car towed. Yeah, nice, 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 nice. I'm, I'm wondering how much of the date they got through before parking. I'm assuming mm-hmm. they at least got to dinner or the movie. But uh, how do you not see that it's a no parking zone? Well, he's a new driver and he failed his test before he started. So that's true. And it wasn't surprising if Jason's sitting there like, just park here, just park here. No one ever comes. Yeah. Or maybe one of the girls was kind of whispering sweet nothings into his ear. It could be. Or since they uh, are, maybe they tried to to talk one of the Mater D's into allowing them to park there, and you know, yeah. Or he's so just good. an idiot. I'm gonna go with that one. <laughs> yeah. But the girls do manage to sweet talk Tony with a Y into giving them the pink slip for the car. I do have to wonder if Tony was just playing along. Mm-hmm. Based upon how he acts with Eric and Feeney. But maybe he's not because it's the 90s and two pretty girls are hitting on you even though they're underage. Who knows? Yeah. They, I think they just tried to make the point of these girls can talk men slash boys into doing whatever they want them to. So. Yeah, I'm probably giving them too much credit. Or at least yeah. the writers. <laughs> hey, episode's got a plot, man. Yep, episode's got an episode. So anyway, Mr. Feeney shows up with Corey, Sean, and Morgan in tow. And uh, Eric lays out the situation, and we get Mr. Feeney and Tony with a Y interacting. Excuse me, young man. It's uh, Tony with a Y. (laughs) Fine, Tony. Uh, Might I inquire why you won't release the car? Well, it's like I told the kid. uh, You ain't got a license, you ain't getting the car. Aren't What? You aren't getting the car. Wrong, pal. I already got the car. No, you misunderstand me. I was simply correcting your grammar. 
I don't need talking lessons from a guy who's wearing earrings. <laughs> because in his haste to reach the impound lot, Mr. Feeney is still dolled up and festooned with the costume jewelry. Ah, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, yes. His reaction, he's mortified, too. <laughs> yes. He's very upset, like, he immediately is frustrated, so... Mm-hmm. But I get it. Yeah. So Eric is once again called upon to retrieve his license, and we get this beautiful exchange between him and Mr. Feeney. Oh, I don't, uh, technically, like, at this actual point in he time... He doesn't have a license. <clears throat> he's got to. Not even my brother's that big an idiot. <laughs> I uh, beg to differ. Yes, we are correct. Eric is a big an idiot. <laughs> yeah, I do love when they get back to. I know we're, I'm going ahead a little bit, but they'll get back and Jason just immediately bails. And I know from my end, if one of my friends convinced me to do something that shouldn't been done, that friend would also be talked to by my parents and. I, in in the same vein, would do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Of you two morons decide to do this thing together, the two of you get talked to. I can only punish one of you, but you're also going to hear this as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You're going to listen to everything my child has to listen to. <laughs> mm-hmm. I can't dole out any punishment for you, but you're going to hear everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so everyone gets home. Feeney sends everyone to their room. Real real quick, I just have to tell you that uh, your former employer, who we're not going to name right now, um, <laughs> I was told one time by his uh, second uh, to last child about one time they snuck out and were being dumb. And the, just the words that were coming out of his mouth, he was like, oh, my dad's real mad because I never hear him use these words. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> and so we get this exchange. I don't remember if I clipped it just for Sean and Corey or just for Eric, but let's find out. And as for you, young man, I want you to go to your room and wait till your parents return. Just because you were once my sixth grade teacher does not give you the right to tell me what to do. Go to your room. Apparently it does. <laughs> I don't suppose your parents have any Maylocks in that house, do they? What are you watching? Uh, uh, it's caribou. Migrating and licking their babies. What's so much? What's so much? All right, fun-loving stewardess. Coffee, tea, or bazooka shell. Coffee? Why did that man just blow up her head? It's nature. It's human nature. A rich tapestry of exploding heads. That is cheap garbage. Wait, what are you doing? No, Mr. Feeney, our machine's kind of tricky and... No! This is rated R. Yeah, R for wrecked. (laughs) Now Sean's gonna have to pay for it. Sean? Hey, you rented it. Hey, I've always had a rule of thumb. If one person's getting yelled at, don't do anything that's going to get you yelled at. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is the fact that they get home and they immediately just start playing it. Like, you don't think Feeny's not going to see it just by turning his head? Yeah. Well, see, now the living room is magically the right size and Feeny just happens to ask a question. Yeah. So, yeah, and of course, you know, boys are too caught up to realize the VCR eats the tape. I've had a lot of tapes getting eaten by a VCR Mm -hmm. and audio tapes get eaten by a cassette player. I I remember having to put my finger in and and messing with it just a little bit and then be like, Mm -hmm. okay, everything's fine. Oh, yeah. And so Sean pulls the same thing on Corey that Jason did to Eric and walks out and see how little you know me. So again, friend influence, friend should have to hear the raft. Mm -hmm. Yep. So the boys are, or Alan and Amy return home. Feeney attempts to explain why he's filling in. I just love Feeney is still very upset. And now he has to explain to Alan and Amy what's been going on. And like, Alan's kind of looking at him like, seriously, like you're the worst babysitter. And he's just like, your children. It's not my children. Your children are the spawn of Satan. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. This this is a beautiful interaction. Tip? No? Well, all right then. So, um, Alan and uh, Amy are very, very upset, and uh, mm-hmm. understandably so. Cody Romero. No, I'm not finished with him yet. I haven't started with him yet. But I want to talk with you now. Is my authority being undermined? Would I do that in front of your son? Go to your room. We've been here before with Eric and Alan, and not, not too long ago. Mm-hmm. Where Amy and uh, Alan have to calm Alan down to think things through before uh, going off, shall we say, half cocked. And uh, uh, she, I, make, she makes a good point with him. Eric yeah. needs to get his license. <laughs> Can I just say, though, I don't like how he says that. Like, is my authority being undermined? Because uh, I don't know if it's just the person that's writing this episode. Like, he's never spoken like that before. Like, he said almost verbatim of, like, I haven't started yelling at him yet. And she's like, no, now. And he's just, okay, and walked away. Like, I just, I don't know, for whatever reason, that wording just does not sit well with the Alan that we've known over the past Mm -hmm. X amount of episodes. Because, like... You know, yes, he is the emotional one who gets frustrated and starts yelling, but like the ultimate authority is together. Like the way that these two position their parenting is they are equals. And when one of them thinks that the other one is not, you know, is going to cross a line, they step away. Mm hmm. So, yeah, I don't know why that's in there, but. Plot has to plot. TV has to have angry dad. So, yes, but at least it's I, I still give it some credit in that he doesn't get angry at Amy and he is able to be yes. calm and listen. Yep. So Amy is very calm, explains Eric needs to get his license because then he can take the burden off of her in being taxi driver, which 
Speaking as someone with multiple kids, I look forward to that day. <laughs> mm-hmm. You're getting close to that. Yes, yes. Just one more year, and I will have one of driving age. Oh. We get uh, Eric and Corey have a little bonding time and uh, are speaking to each other of how their schemes blew up in their faces. Uh, Corey gets in a shot at Eric to whack him with the uh, pillow and knock him off the bed. And then we get to the sentencing phase and I've got that clipped. I think you know why we're here. And I think you know why we're here. This is the sentencing phase of the proceedings. I'm the oldest, do me first. Both of you are grounded for two weeks. Ah! Two weeks! Grounded! That's horrible! There's more. There's There's more! During those two weeks, you will do nothing but study the Pennsylvania Motor Vehicle Handbook and you will pass your driver's test. I'll try. You'll pass. I'll pass. (laughs) And what will I do for two weeks? Oh, you're going to watch TV. Cool. Educational TV and nothing but educational TV starting right now. The caribou marks its territory by defecating and flinging its dung. I have to say, that's a really long documentary on caribou. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it could just be rerunning. It's very possible. It's a 24-hour cycle for that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, I don't know. I don't remember. I, I'm not sure when the 24-hour 20, uh, TV started, but, uh, <laughs> you know, it wouldn't surprise me if, you know, they aired it at one point, and now they're just kind of replaying part of it. 1993. I wonder when the Discovery Channel started. I don't know. That's a great question. But anyway, I do find that these are very appropriate punishments to the crime. Mm-hmm. I agree completely. Have you ever had a TV as your punishment? No, I, I can't have. say that I have. <laughs> Me and Barney have a very different relationship now because of it. Ah, <laughs> uh, so we get to the tag, and Eric learns that dressing is not dressing, driving is not all it's cut up to be. And Amy is trying to decide whether it's a bath and read, then read, then bath. And ah, uh, yes, we're having a good mm-hmm. old time. Eric threatens to drive <laughs> the the car off a cliff. It's a good time in the Matthews household to be a parent. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you have to imagine that for a parent to finally have a kid that can drive would be nice. But I can't help imagine that part of the time would be spent of are they getting there safely? Is everybody OK? And, you know, yeah. all that jazz. <laughs> Very blasé about that. But I I know most moms and most moms would not respond that way. They'd be happy that they don't have to do it. But on the same token, you know, mm-hmm. they'd want text updates. Oh, yes. We will have uh, certain technology implements in our vehicles <laughs> to allow us to know everything. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was wondering about. Oh, yes. I already know exactly uh. what's happening. <laughs> so, uh, Tyler, what did you learn from this episode? Well, do we want to do our... D- Get into the deep dives first. Oh, yes. Let's do some deep dives. Let me uh, bring up your... So you got to cue me in. People, people. 
people, 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 people. Am I the only one who read the summer reading list? Alrighty, my notes are a little all over the place, so I'm hoping I can get through them all right. Early on in the episode, when they're talking about what to wear for the party, they uh, one of them says "Danger Will Robinson." For those of you that aren't aware, is a catchphrase from a 1960s TV show called "Lost in Space." Later on in the 90s, there will be a movie "Lost in Space." That's the version of "Lost in Space" that I have consumed. But there's also a new. Sh- TV show that was a reboot that I don't think was very successful, so I think they stopped doing it. But anywho, there's a character, Will Robinson, and he has a robot, and that's one of his uh, catchphrases is, you know, danger Will Robinson to let him know, hey, something's going to happen. Let's talk real quick about uh, horror uh, franchises at the time of this uh, movie coming out. Uh, of the episode coming out in the 90s slashers became a really big thing you know you had the nightmare on elm street franchise halloween friday the 13th and so here's real quick just where each of these franchises stood as far as movies that have been released up to this point nightmare on elm street had six movies at this date roughly you know the same as stumpy friday the 13th had nine movies at this point yes because the one that uh, teased the freddy versus jason uh came out before uh this movie or for the the, uh, episode sorry uh halloween had five uh movies at this point now here's the interesting ones uh texas chainsaw massacre which is considered to be one of the first uh slashers it only has three movies out at this point and then, uh, you know, there's a couple others also that have three out at this point. I don't feel like naming them off the top of my head. But, um, yeah, so some of these franchises have, like, a lot of movies. Like, Friday the 13th has a lot of them. But then others that are also these legendary, uh, like, one movie is legendary and the rest of them are not that good, only have a few out at this point, which I find really interesting. Driving permits. Connecticut was actually the first state that allowed for... Uh, people of 16 and older to drive. That was in 1921. South Dakota was the last state to actually require a license. Do you want to guess what date, what year that was? Last one to require a license in South Dakota. 43. Uh, no. Uh, 1954. <sighs> So we are out of World War II. It is here in South Dakota. You still don't need a license. <laughs> yeah, 54. In 1909, uh, PA passed a driver's uh, restriction uh, at age 18. So first it was, you know, you could only drive at 18, and then they passed it later on. You could be 16, learning, and all that jazz. Cars getting impounded. Here are the four steps to getting your car out of being impounded. So location. First of all, you have to find where your car is because it could be at a location that could be kind of difficult for you to get to. If you don't show up to uh, where your car is, you can't uh, get it out of the local parking authority. Next is that they have to collect information. So things like making sure that the driver's license and the uh, insurance is all up to date and that uh, it's going to the right person. Thus, that is the step in which Eric uh, was stuck on because he could not prove on his license that he had name and also the same address for him to be able to get it out 
Next was the picking up your car. Again, Eric couldn't do that. And you have to have the right fees in order for you to get it. And I'll, I'll tell you what the fees are after this. But then after that, you can find out why that you uh, had it, uh, why it was impounded, you know, based on where you had parked it, you know. But it will give you the information on, you know, what exactly occurred and what uh, violation had happened. Because, you know, especially things like liar, liar, you know, you can get your car impounded because you didn't pay your unpaid parking tickets, you know, little things like that. Quite often, fees are related to, uh, so there's a towing and transporting fee, which could be about uh, 300 bucks. Uh, impound lot fee can range from between 75 to 300, and a storage fee per day is about $100. So it's not the 40 bucks that Eric is referring to. I'm not sure why they had thrown that out there, but if a towing company had to move the car somewhere in order for it to be impounded and thus get it out. I don't know why they would even say that because there's no way that's even possible. These are today's numbers. So maybe, you know, the 90s, we lived in a magical world where we didn't have to think or worry about it as much. Who is to say? Yeah, there's probably a little bit of magic there. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh, you know how we've been talking nonstop about the whole vests and the fashion choices for everybody and it really was hitting me in this episode because Jason and Eric have almost the identical wardrobe as like Sean and Corey does mm-hmm. and it just bugging me of like why is this like this <laughs> so uh, one of the things that I was curious to looking up was 90s fashion. And so I found this website and it talks directly about uh, children's wear. And so basically what it gets to is that, you know, children's wear is very similar to what their parents are wearing, but they get inspiration from shows such as Boy Meets World. And it gives a little bit about, you know, Boy Meets World. But just saying, you know, like, uh, while girls' uh, fashion varies, uh, boys' fashions maintained a theme of jaggy jeans and loose shirts, often layered. So basically just saying that shows like Boy Meets World kind of inspired that time period of wearing baggy clothes, sometimes extra layers. They were trendsetters. Yeah. But uh, also that said that uh, for little boys and girls, it wasn't that uncommon for them to be wearing shirts that have like Disney animated characters on them like Little Mermaid, Lion King, Beauty and the Beast and uh, a pretty popular uh, fashion uh, setter was The Gap and as we'll find out later on in the show, Eric is Gap. To put it bluntly, the general looks of the 90s was uh, grunge, punk, hip hop and that's about it. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> oh, also, uh, Chicago Bulls stuff, even if you didn't live in Chicago, was pretty popular. Oh, yeah. Everyone wanted Mike. I don't know why. <laughs> Everyone wanted to be Mike. Yes. Everyone to be like Mike. <laughs> All right. So uh, we mentioned the Dalai Lama. Uh, I think when... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think whenever uh, Alan's getting upset, he was talking about how he's so calm. He's the, like the Dalai Lama. The Dalai stinking Lama. <laughs> yes, I know it's in here. So basically, the Dalai Lama is a Tibetan monk and is considered the spiritual leader of the Tibetan monks. And it is uh, considered to be a in- incarnate, it's a reincarnated 
uh, position. So the next mm-hmm. Dalai Lama they believe was has always been the Dalai Lama. Mm-hmm. Now I do know that you know if you if you watch any of like last week tonight they they do an episode about the Dalai Lama a couple years ago and about how there's some political desire to get it away from the Tibetan monks and all this stuff. But basically, right now we have the uh, the 14th Dalai Lama currently, and his name is Tenzin Geista. Geisto, I think it's how you say it. Uh, but he lives in India. Okay, so Tibetan monk Dalai Lama, big deal, and uh, it's quite often it's basically similar to the Pope. You know, people want to meet with the Pope, people want to leave with the Dalai Lama. Same thing. Last but not least, uh, I want to talk real quick about the eagles because in this episode is the first time we really are seeing an eagle's uh, memorabilia with Morgan's jacket. And I think she's where where is it before, but I figured it's time for us to mention them. This year, the Eagles went seven of nine or seven wins, seven or nine losses. This year being 1993, 1994, 1993, 1994. Yeah. Ends in 94. So at this time, uh, some of the notable names are Randall Cunningham, Eric Allen, and William Fuller. I think that's what I have here. But the main one that I think needs to be mentioned is uh, a certain running back named Herschel Walker. Uh, we're not going to get into why he's been in the news as of late. I don't care about that. I don't want to get into it. But the important thing of this is that Herschel Walker was a part of a very big trade in 1989 where he went from the Cowboys to the Vikings and the Vikings literally sent like all the draft picks the Cowboys ever could want and this was the first time that a team really just gave up draft picks thinking that it meant absolutely nothing and that's what the Cowboys used to build their dynasty for the 90s so at this time the uh, Cowboys were doing quite well and I believe this is one of the years they won the Super Bowl and the Vikings and also the Eagles not so much so just figured I'd mention that because he played actually three seasons with the Eagles. And it's not talked about that much, but uh, yeah. So I just want to mention it real quick. Yeah. Oh, and I just reminded myself uh, to circle back around to Alan's comments to Corey later on about um, going with Eric to get his driver's license. Mm-hmm. I think after the events of this episode, two weeks hence, he went with Eric to get his license and Corey should have well remembered after the events of this episode that, that Alan had to go with Eric. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I could see it being a, after the two weeks, cause I don't know for, when I had times of being grounded and I know I talked about this last week, I'll talk about it again. You know, uh, Oftentimes, as a teenager, after being grounded, all I did was I was spending time with my parents. So we had a better relationship at the end of my grounding period than we had beforehand. And so I could see Alan wanting to make, okay, like, let's end this on a positive. Like, let's make a day of it. Like, let's really make this a moment for the two of us to remember. And it's one of those things that Corey will see and know that we're going to do this, too. Mm Mm-hmm. And and maybe that was his original plan and desire to do hand anyway. Just Eric was impatient and thought he could do it all on his own. 
then Alan made it clear, no, this is what we're doing and this is how you're going to do it this way. But that makes sense to me. All right. So <laughs> that's, what we're, that's what we're here to do. We're here to make sense of all the nonsense. <laughs> that's exactly what we're here for. Mostly making, making things canon. <laughs> <laughs> so, Tyler, what did you learn from this episode? Well, Brett... I think, uh, I don't know. I think what I learned. Wow. I'm blanking at the moment. The problem is, wow. The problem is, is Alan just, he gives trust to his kids and just assumes that the things they're saying to him is true. And I like that. But the problem is, is that his sons were acting super sketchy. And instead of just, going and checking into that more he kind of brushed it off and said well it's important they'll tell me and so i guess the thing i learned is that if i suspect that one of my children is acting sketchy i should probably investigate a little bit more (laughs) and if that means that my adult thing i don't get to it as fast i think that's okay because there's a reason my kid's acting funny Mm-hmm. And either I find about it now or, you know, something bad could happen. So, yeah. And uh, my, my learning is along the same lines. There's an expression that goes trust, but verify. Yeah. And, uh, yep. you know, be more attentive to red flags and reading the room. If your teenager says they procured something, ask them to show it to you. Yeah. Don't don't just take their slimy friend's word for it. You know, it's this there's nothing wrong with asking your kid to show you something. It doesn't mean you don't trust them. It just means you want them to show you. It means yeah. you want them to to share with you. It doesn't always mean you don't trust them. <laughs> no, I was going to say, I just can't believe that Eric, like that Alan wasn't like, well, let me see it. Let me see the license. You want to see your kid's first license picture. <laughs> yeah. They're always horrible. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, so how would you grade this bad boy? It's tough. Because the longer this episode went along, I went, uh, my grade is slipping right now. Yeah, mine did too. <laughs> and I, here's the thing. I think I started off today at like roughly like maybe like a B plush ish. And I think I've slipped right to that cusp of B minus C plus. And I'm struggling right now, which one to go with. Because on one hand, this is a really good episode of trying to get one over and you're immediately caught. On the other hand, writers make up a plot and they got a plot for episode to happen. And it's one of those sitcom episodes where all you had to do was communicate and no one would have had a problem. Mm-hmm. I got to give it a... B minus. I have to give it a B minus. I really, because I still, I love this episode. I really do. <laughs> like, I can't, I cannot go lower than a B minus. I can't. I, I won't do it, Brett. <laughs> you can't uh, make me. My my grade started out as like a B plus, but the more we talked it through, it's dropped to a C minus. Now, fair. that doesn't, doesn't mean I don't enjoy watching the episode. That doesn't mean that 
that I won't watch it again and again and again and laugh at it. But it, it, I felt like it really mistreated some of the characters and that it just, it relied too much on plot contrivances. And, you know, it's kind of like, uh, kind of like a, a, uh, a schlocky s- slasher. You're going to watch it just because it's fun, not because it really is high art. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that is the problem of the episode of like, they just, they wanted both of them to have something going on. And there's just so many easy solutions. And the only way you can justify it is everybody's just trying to get to the thing they want, except Alan doesn't want to go to it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe, yeah. maybe that's why he came back all ready to lay down some SmackDown because he spent the whole night. Yeah, just he being definitely, he off. definitely came back not happy. That's probably it. Yeah. <laughs> well, before we, uh, before we go get our cars out of impound, I got a dad joke for you and I've got three to choose from. So you get to pick, do you want, Ooh. do you want a B or C? Give me option D. No, you got to pick A, B, or C. Well, when I was taking my first permit test, I said C's been really good to me. So let's go with B because that was the correct answer. What do you get when dinosaurs crash their cars? (sighs) I don't know. Tyrannosaurus Rex. <laughs> but boom. And with that, good looking people, we put a pin in this one and we will enjoy seeing you here. Well, speaking with you on our next one. Tyler, where can the good looking people reach out to us and send us all their love and messages and questions? Well, well, you know, we do have a uh, Gmail. Uh, you can always send us an email at uh, dasmeatworld at gmail.com. Uh, you can always leave us a five-star review, and I promise if you leave one, we'll read it. Uh, oh, also, so. if uh, you're looking for social medias, we're on everything. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. We're also on Facebook. So please feel free to uh, find us there. And, uh, you know, Brett, I'm, I'm constantly thinking about the fact of I love Dad's Meat World, but... I want to represent. Do you know how I can do that? Oh, you definitely can. If you visit dadsmeatworld.threadless.com, you can pick up stickers, shirts, magnets, stuff to hang on your wall, hoodies, all kinds of stuff, coffee mugs, you name it, you got it. All you got to do is go there. You can pick it up. It's shipped right to you, all kinds of colors and stuff. So dadsmeatworld.threadless.com. All right. Well... It was good to see you, good looking. Right back at you, good looking. Peace out. Bye. You can find Dad's Meat World on Facebook, Twitter, and probably a few other places just by searching for Dad's Meat World. Dad's Meat World is a production of Head First Studios. Head First Studios, tell your story. We'll just pretend we played the theme music since I don't have that normally running. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
Tyler's dancing, I'm not. We can just wait a second, it's okay. You're fine, go ahead. Sorry, my father-in-law is walking through, and so he's trying to be quiet, and actually been quite successful, but, you know, being dramatic while he's doing it, so. So I would have never known if you hadn't stopped. I know, but just, I I wasn't going to not be able to look at him as he did it, so. <laughs> the Dalai Lama is a Tibetan monk, is a spiritual leader, is considered, in- oh my goodness, yeah, too. Uh, cat just knocked over my mic.